Vegas Nation podcast sponsored by your local Southern Nevada Toyota dealer. What's up, football fans? It's time for another edition here of the Vegas Nation podcast brought to you by your local Southern Nevada Toyota dealer. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, with Gilbert Manzano, one of our writers here for the Raiders at the Las Vegas Review Journal. And we are also joined by our Raiders beat writer, Michael Gelkin, who's on the line with us here as well. We're going to get into the Raiders and Chargers today, as well as their huge overtime win against the Cleveland Browns last week, 45 45- 42. Who how, how much? That was, that was a lot of points you said there. <laughs> Who would have thought that would have been the final score? Not me. That was not my prediction. I had 17-14. I would have been more what I would have thought. I, if I was a betting woman, I definitely would have taken the under. I don't think even one of the Sharps would have picked that type of over if you looked at the line. But big win for the Raiders. And coming up, a divisional game against the Chargers. These two teams have met 117 times. And yeah, this is going to be one that is going to be very important for the division. Chargers right now, two and two. Raiders, one and three. So AFC West, uh, you know, Raiders got to keep climbing. It's a barn burner. (laughs) With the Chiefs, four and oh, you got to keep up. Definitely. So the Chiefs right now, I mean... Patrick Mahomes, he's on fire, but that's a completely different story. But first, I'd like to get into some of what is going on right now with the Raiders. The team has, after the overtime win, lost a lot of important key players, especially on the offensive line. Uh, Right now, I want to look at what's going on with Donald Penn. I've heard that he's on the IR, as well as Osmele and his injuries. So, Michael, what can you tell us? You're there day to day. What can you tell us about the status of the offensive line? Some of these key players and their injuries, what's going to happen going forward? Well, there's a lot to it. When you look at first the precedent that the Raiders will be setting on Sunday against the L.A. Chargers, they will have a rookie at left tackle, which is how it's been. Colton Miller, the first-round pick, is their left tackle, doing a pretty fine job at it, but worth adding. And then at right tackle now, with Donald Penn being placed on injured reserve Wednesday with a groin injury, Brandon Parker, or another rookie, Okay, third round pick out of North Carolina A&T, really making that jump to the NFL. Now he's going to make a further leap into the starting lineup. So for the first time since the 1970 NFL AFL, this is according to Elias Sports Bureau, the Raiders will have a rookie at both starting offensive tackle positions. So that is the new precedent, and that probably would be enough in terms of just the intrigue of the Raiders offensive line going into this game. But this unit is banged up. Brandon Parker was the only one of them who had a full participation level in Wednesday's practice when the Raiders began practicing for this week's game. You look at left tackle, Colton Miller is dealing with a fairly serious right knee injury. He's in a brace. He was a limited participant. Left guard, Kletchio Semla, as you mentioned, he's banged up. He's got a pretty serious right knee injury as well. Uh, he didn't practice at all. Uh, center, Rodney Hudson. And right guard Gabe Jackson continue to play through ankle and pectoral injuries, respectively. They've been dealing with those now for multiple weeks, quite past them. Uh, so you look at this, it is limping to Los Angeles. The bye week in a couple weeks certainly would the Raiders' offensive line well, but they still got to get through two full games before reaching it. 
And I also noticed today that the Raiders brought in O-lineman uh, Ian Silverman, somebody who has already worked with the team a bit. So uh, that's another move that they've made. I don't know how much right now he could be somebody that can contribute in helping that. But I think part of the struggles with Derek Carr this year, he has had definitely had a lot of struggles. He's scored six touchdowns with seven interceptions. So, I mean, the yardage is there. He's over 1,300 passing yards, but when you look at his uh, passer rating, not so good. And I wonder how much, obviously, he's struggling behind that line uh, and even being insecure, if you will, or not so confident that he'll have the protection, being that he's got all these moving parts on that line right now. Do you think that that's an issue at all? It could be an issue, I think, because but they've been playing fast, and I think Derek Carr's been releasing the ball real quick. But when you're so banged up in the O line, it's like before the injuries happened, they were kind of barely holding on, and now you're gonna have all these guys are, are banged up, nicked up. It's gonna affect them somewhat. But I gotta say, you know, I was really, you know, wondering what's going on with John Gruden picking so many linemen in the draft when you got so many needs at defense. Now those picks are coming through. So I was, I was wrong there. John Green did the right move picking Colton Miller and Brandon Parker. So those guys are going to step up. And I kind of feel like having Brandon Parker there at right tackle is not the biggest drop off to Donald Penn. Donald Penn was already in that position. And Brandon Parker held his own against Miles Garrett. But when you got, you know, Melvin Ingram coming up, you're gonna, that pass was going to be big for the charge. I know Joey Bosa is not there. But Derek Carr is going to continue doing what he's doing, release that ball pretty quick and attack the middle, which he's been doing with Jared Cook. And something I'd seen, and Michael, I believe I actually read this on your Twitter, that the uh, the Chargers actually said that without Joey Bosa, the pass rush just isn't where they would want it to be. I, I don't know necessarily that how, you know, Bosa coming in, if he does affect the uh, line that much, but I think it does. Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, Joey Bosa, he's a freak. You talk about some of the five top, edge defenders in the NFL, I would put Joey Bosa in that same mix. As a so I think you have two who this season have really felt the loss of an elite player. And not just that individual player, but how that player makes those around him better. When you turn on the Chicago Bears games this season, you see not only Khalil Mack be dominant, but you see how his presence creates plays for his teammates. And I think the Raiders miss that as much as they miss Khalil Mack himself. And I think that's what's happening in L.A. for the Chargers, guys like Melvin Ingram and others on that defensive line. Granted, Corey Legit is a defensive lineman who they went without this season because he was suspended the first four games, much to Raiders cornerback Daryl Worley, who they'll get back this weekend. So uh, not having Joey Bosa uh, is something that somewhat the Raiders, something the Raiders can somewhat relate to. Right. And you mentioned that Khalil Mack being with the Bears now. I actually saw a statistic before the Cleveland game saying that Khalil Mack had had more sacks than, than the <laughs> entire Raiders defensive unit. He had a four at the time and the Raiders three. They've upped that number now to five uh, sacks. So uh, the, the pass rush, the, the defense actually in this past game was on fire. You could see that they were playing with a sense of urgency. Uh, I saw that when, they, when it came down to it, they were really holding tight, especially on that last push um, by Cleveland when they held out uh, Carlos Hyde out of the end zone. So when you look at that, I think that they definitely have seen a spark. How much, though, let's say, Gilbert, do you think that that momentum will carry into the next game? 
Heidi, you weren't here a week ago, but I challenged Paul Gunther, the, the D corner for the Raiders, to get some takeaways, get some turnovers. And I think he finally listened to me. Uh, he, he probably does not care about what I say. <laughs> <laughs> but but the Paul Gunther's guys showed out last week. They had four takeaways, two interceptions, two fumbles, a strip sack, and Baker Mayfield. They really were key in that game with the Browns. When they were down 28-14, that strip sack by Mohurst really changed the momentum. So defense, I know they gave up 42 points to Baker Mayfield, but – they gave the Raiders offense good field position. Overall, good day for Paul Gunther. Gary Connolly cared. That's, I, I saw that. And I saw it six. in his eyes. Yes. Yeah, pick six. <laughs> when do you see a pick six from the Raiders secondary like and two interceptions in the same game? So finally, the Raiders defense is helping out the offense. And on top of that, yeah, you say the, the offense. The offensive stats from Sunday were pretty good. We're kind of seeing a resurgence of Marshawn Lynch I'd say, dare I say, it's mirroring his 2014 season with the Seahawks. Right now, he's on pace for that kind of a season. He's got 300 yards. He's averaging 4.4 yards a carry, and he's got three touchdowns. I mean, for somebody over 30 in the NFL as a running back, I don't know that you can say that that is something that is super above and beyond extraordinary, but it is. There's not many guys over 30 that are doing that kind of work as a running back in the NFL, period. It could have been a bigger day if, if the re referee didn't blow his whistle so soon. It would have been a, be a beast quake in that, uh, that, that run in the second quarter. I think it was 9-7, to seven and Marshawn Lynch was so angry. I think he, he, I think he kicked the football. Man, but it was a great day for Marshawn Lynch going for 130 yards rushing. I think he got 20 carries. I would like to see a little more carries for Marshawn. I know he's, he's an older back, like you mentioned, but from each game, he's getting a little more, and he's getting, and he's getting into that rhythm. I think he went from uh, 18 carries to 19 to 20 a week ago. So for Marshawn, he's doing great. And Michael, you're there in the locker rooms. You get to talk to all the different players. And I believe you've heard from the players just what a kind of, of I guess, person Marshawn Lynch is when it comes to being such a key member of the team and how he is uh, on the field. What, what can you tell us a little bit about what some of the players are saying? Well, I think they just appreciate him for the freak show that he is. And I say that on the field. I'm not talking about him off the field, although he's he's a very unique person. But just he's when he's on the field, people who can do what he does. I mean, he's a grown man at age 32. You would think he'd be slowing down. You'd think he might be you know, less physical or you know less able to pose his will on these 20-something linebackers. But, man. You watch him, and it's unbelievable. I mean, even the referees think that he's down when he's not down. <laughs> uh, he just has this motor. And, Gilbert, you're absolutely right. That was a 75-yard touchdown, the Raiders believe, that because of forward progress, quote-unquote, uh, never was. And on the long road of talking about the officiating in that game, those officials, Man, that was it's such awful. a hard job. Uh, but you look at – well, yeah, it's it, 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 where each side can point to controversial calls that didn't go its way and – Ultimately, both teams had a chance in overtime, and only. But yeah, it's um, not to get off track. But the officiating was it was interesting to say the least. There was a lot of critical calls, um, but Marshawn Lynch being one of them. You know, he's just he, he's a he's somebody who is dynamic off the field. The way he kind of like a magnet, kind of brings people close to him. At one point during the game, it was early. He goes over to the offensive lineman, and I'm told from one of the linemen, as something along the lines of just follow me. We're going to, you know, we're, we got this. You know, just follow me. 
that was his mentality for an 0-3 football team. You know, people like to criticize Marshawn Lynch because I know he doesn't speak a whole bunch, and you know, he's got, he has certain aspects of his persona that people don't know always how to take. But one constant is you've Buffalo to Seattle and certainly in Oakland. Uh, people talk about the teammate that Marshawn Lynch is, and, and we've certainly seen that. And I believe you actually spoke to somebody today who also had that same assessment of Marshawn. What can you tell us about Lee Smith and uh, what he had to say about him? Yeah, I'll let Lee do the talking, but as a quick pitch, I did a little project today where I wanted to just go locker by locker and ask certain guys who I thought would provide a good perspective from just being around Marshawn. Why do you think Marshawn is this violent runner? Why do you think he runs the way he runs? You know, John Gruden, Derek Carr, both men have called him a future Hall of Famer uh, with his running style, the way he doesn't quit, the way he keeps going. Question uh, as to why Marshawn is that way to Lee Smith. One thing I've always kind of said is you can't make a, a line a cheetah and you can't make a cheetah a line, right? You're built the way you're built, and he's built as a <clears throat> number one, he's freakishly strong. Yeah. Like if you just look at the way he's built, I tell him all the time he's like a tree stump, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how hard you get a tree stump, it's not going anywhere, it's there. It's just small, it's short, it's, 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 it just wins, right? Yeah. It wins the leverage battle every time. So um, the way his body's built, number one, and number two, he's 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 a lion, man. He just refuses to ever die. He refuses to ever let anything else beat him. He's the apex predator. Period. He's a freak show. Yeah, yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. All right, and that's what Lee Smith had to say about Marshawn Lynch. Right now, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here. Again, your Vegas Nation podcast is brought to you by your Southern Nevada Toyota dealer. And when we come back. We're going to have all the upcoming preview for you on the Chargers game where the Raiders are headed down to L.A. The Toyota RAV4. It's up for anything. Toyota. Let's go places. Let's go be spontaneous. Let's go out of our comfort zone. Let's go make the most of it in the Toyota Corolla. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fang. Again, joined here with Gilberto Manzano and Michael Gelkin. We're Spanish, here- Heidi, huh? Yeah. Yo hablo espanol, man. But we are here and breaking down everything Raiders coming up. We have a look ahead into the Chargers game. Again, a divisional game for the Raiders, AFC West competition here. These two teams have met way over 100 times and once in the postseason. So this game, a very key game for the Raiders who have just come off their first win. In the last 10 times these two teams have met, it's 5-5. Five and five. So pretty wow, even split. Even. Yeah. Um, I don't know when we get into predictions. Maybe we can get into that a, a little bit later here. But when you look at this game and how important it is, I mean, John Gruden just got his first win as the Raiders head coach in his return to the team. It was really huge moment, I'm sure, for the Raiders, for John Gruden, for him. 
And uh, Michael Gelkin, who is on the street, it sounds like, with big cars whooshing <laughs> by. We're going to get your take because you were there and embedded. It's going to be that type of game, too, with high-scoring offenses. Oh, yeah. You know, you got Melvin Gordon. He's a racehorse. You got uh, <laughs> big players. Uh, Philip Rivers, obviously, you know, uh, who's going to lead that offense. And, Michael, what do you make? You used to cover the Chargers. You were down there for seven years. So what do you make of these two teams going head-to-head? I would expect points to be scored. I know we just had one 45-42 shootout. I'm not saying 87 or 45. Yeah, 87. Good math. 87 points are <laughs> going to be scored again on Sunday. But you look at the way the certainly the Chargers are built, and although they don't have Hunter Henry on offense, uh, they I mean they're pretty banged up at offensive tackle as well. Uh, but the weapons there between Keenan Allen, who's about as good as any wide receiver in the NFL off the line of scrimmage with his release. Uh, Mike Williams, a former top draft pick who's really having his first full season here. He's shown some flashes. Tyrell Williams, a young wide receiver who's really progressed since I covered the Chargers. He, he used to be really just all about you know going deep and running these drag routes, you know, going horizontal. Horizontal and vertical was all he could do. Uh, but now, you know, seeing one catch that he did last Sunday, you see that he's starting to take his size into the equation and able to win those contested balls. And so uh, that's just a wide receiver core. And they have Antonio Gates, who situationally, although he's older and slower, we all know because of age, he is still able to run certain routes and has that chemistry with Philip Rivers and uh, Gordon in that running game. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a deep backfield, too. So it's going to be a, quite the test for this Raiders defense i think we're gonna get a good sense of whether or not this unit can rise to the occasion i think it's gonna be a good atmosphere the noise should be in raiders defense's favor you know look for 75 80 percent raiders fans that's just kind of how it goes yeah. at the stub hub <laughs> yep. uh for and so i would anticipate a, a, a pretty type of raiders atmosphere raiders friendly atmosphere uh but whether or not that makes a difference in terms of slowing down that offense uh, it's going to be quite the test. That's something that Raiders defense can absolutely not do is let Phillip Rivers get comfortable in that pocket, especially at home. Soon, as soon as you let that happen and he doesn't feel any kind of rush, he will just pick who he wants to target and call his shots. Gilbert, would you agree? Yeah, and it's a good week to get Daryl Worley back, who had his four-game suspension uh, uh, to start the season. The more cornerbacks to get, the better. And I've actually kind of been impressed you know, somewhat with the cornerbacks for the Raiders, with, with Leon Hall and Garyon Conley. Uh, Rashawn Melvin. So now you add Worley to the mix with to you know match up with guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. That's going to be big for the Raiders. But there's going to be a whole lot of points scored. Both these teams' defenses give up over 30 points per game. And then with the offense doing so well, I, I think they might even go over the, the the 87 points that Michael mentioned for the total for a week ago. And one thing that stood out to me looking at you know some of these stats for you know going into Week Five, the Raiders' offense ranks number two in total offensive yards gained after. Four games behind only the L.A. Rams. It's not the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, or the Buccaneers, or Fitzpatrick. It's the Raiders, a John Gruden's team who could not score in the fourth quarter. They're, they're getting so many yards and big chunks, so it's going to be a wild shootout. 
Yeah, Fitzpatrick's back to Fitz tragic. I don't know. <laughs> you yeah, heard, but <laughs> they were up there before the whole meltdown with the Bears. Yeah, um, but with uh, the Raiders again, I think one of the things that interests me, I do the photos and the video and all the visuals on the sidelines for the games here. One of the things that interests me most is how dedicated you mentioned Leon Hall is. When I see him walking the sideline, he is watching every single snap, walking up and down the field. You would think that he's a coach the way that he watches wow. the game and and. Rashawn Melvin, he's one of the guys that's out there early before everyone else doing the warm-ups, walking through the field, going through his routine, uh, getting his mind right. And that's the kind of thing that you want to see from these players right now, especially when you're concerned about the defense. And I think that when you have people who care, and like you mentioned, bringing back Worley, that's going to be huge for them. I think that you can see a different kind of look in the secondary when you have somebody, uh, his stature, that is kind of a team leader, I would say. And I would say Melvin is too, and I would say Hall is too and i think they'll feed off and even of each other. reggie nelson the safety had a big game week ago against uh, the browns so it seems like guys that knew paul gunther are finally clicking and they're getting that thing right and they're helping out the new guys on the defense so you know the secondary i, I know they were the big you know scapegoat scapegoat a week uh, a year ago but this year secondary has been solid some some uh, uh, leadership you mentioned there with leon hall leon has been actually a, a bargain he was kind of afterthought signing this offseason he's been a, a great uh, key addition Michael, when we start talking about defense and pass rush, on the flip side, you have Derek Carr, who's somebody, uh, again, we kind of mentioned earlier that the touchdown to interception ratio, uh, how is he adapting, do you think, to Gruden's offense? And is this going to be a game where he can kind of follow up on some of the success he had against the Browns, even though he still threw a couple picks? He did have four touchdowns, and he did throw for over 400 yards, and he, I think, wasn't... I don't want to call it a mistake when he's thrown a couple of picks like to to guys that you know like Amari Cooper and that one uh, the Miami game. But I, I think that there's just been maybe some miscommunications and plays and reading the routes. I, I, are you thinking that he's adapting better to Gruden's offense now? I, I think he is, and I think it'll continue to improve as he gets more reps in this offense. We you have to remember that this is what the fifth season for Derek Carr in the NFL, and he's had four different play callers. There's been such upheaval, such lack of consistency and constancy around him that just to be with Gruden and to be in the system over the course of time, he's going to improve. He's going to get more comfortable. I think already Derek Carr is better today in John Gruden's offense than he was last season under Todd Downing. I think conceptually, this is a greater sophistication to what the Raiders are doing. Uh, You look at the pieces that are in place uh, you know jared cook was here last year but the way that they're using him is different you look at amari cooper they're moving him around a little bit more i think see delayed routes for the tight ends are just there's a lot more going on uh in the raiders scheme and you see the trust that john gruden has in Derek carr to be somebody who's going to you know quite literally quarterback this thing in terms of the line of scrimmage protections checking in out of runs and passes and all the sort of thing that you know you have to do if you're a veteran quarterback who's cerebral and that's what Derek Carr is and so I think Gruden's done a good job of just setting up Derek Carr with success is he pressing at times I think that is a fair criticism with some of the interceptions I think we've seen that I don't know if he maybe he's trying to do much without Khalil Mack uh, he feels a need to just carry this team and, and sometimes push that needle a little too much but aggressive Derek Carr can often be an effective Derek Carr we certainly saw that at moments in the fourth quarter when he was letting it rip 
ultimately the Raiders scored 21 in the fourth quarter to force overtime. Michael and Heidi, you guys were at the game a week ago there in Oakland. Let me ask you this. How loud were those boos when Derek Carr was getting booed in the third quarter after the second reception? Was that pretty big? Because I heard it through the TV. I'll tell you, I was actually setting up my camera and I was in the bowels of the stadium and I could hear it through the cement walls, through the batting cage, the locker room. That's how far deep in there I was. So, yeah, uh, it, it was uh, resounding. I and people say. were leaving, too, right? There were. Yeah, there, I think uh, by the time I had left the field, it was under the two minute warning for the fourth quarter to go file some photos. And a lot of people uh, I saw a lot of backs of jerseys at that point. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And he, and he came back in a big way, I'm sure, for Derek Carr, maybe that felt a little good, but to have your own crowd boo you is not the best feeling. But to throw over 400 yards passing in a game where he led the team from a 14-point comeback in the second half. Uh, I know he kind of got – Michael mentioned the official. He kind of got a gift there with the Carlos Hyde uh, fourth down or first down, whatever it was. But he let them down the field for that, that big uh, – uh, uh, finished off with uh, Jared Cook getting the touchdown to tie the game and then the two-pointer uh, two pointer there. That was big for Jared. For their Carr and Jared Cook to – get that feeling from the from the confidence of after after everything that happened in the third quarter and I feel like each game we've seen a different uh, person in the offense. Michael, you kind of touched on this. Stand out. Jared Cook had a huge game. Then Jordy Nelson had a huge game. Then Amari Cooper had a huge game. Who do you think takes it this week? Who is going to be the standout on this team against the Chargers? I think that's the beauty of the Raiders offense is that it could be anybody in a given week and based on who they want to focus on, based on who the defense gives them, I think it's really wide open. Um, you know, you would expect that the Raiders really want to run the football. Marshawn Lynch is a big part of this game. You'd expect game flow is going to be maybe the more interesting aspects of that in terms of if the Raiders can get up on the Chargers, then they can really afford to just keep pounding with Marshawn Lynch. If they find themselves playing from behind because we all know how potent that Philip Rivers led offense is, then it might be more of Jalen Richard type of game. We saw the game that he had week one over the LA in the loss to the LA Rams. Uh, you know, he's, it, it, it can change week to week. So it's, it's difficult to say uh, you kind of, we're starting to see some constancies though, where Jared cook is going to be involved each game. Uh, Jordy Nelson will be. Uh, Amari Cooper is dealing with a foot ailment. We'll see get, what that means uh, over the course of the week. We'll monitor that. But um, I think, you know, Jerry Cook, Jordy Nelson, Amari Cooper, you know, these are guys who are going to be weekly fixtures. And it's just a matter of production-wise uh, who we're going to see. And Martavis Bryant is worth adding because there was a 52-yard touchdown that he just dropped. Um, yeah, but the, wide open. The Raiders, wide open. The ball was where it needed to be. Uh, maybe Martavis had too much time to think about it, but he, he drops it. And I think we're going to see that more, not the drop part. Uh, Martavis will catch those. Uh, but you're going to see the Raiders continue to push the ball downfield, take their shots. They love the dynamic of Martavis Bryant, how that changes the way secondaries approach their defense, really the entire defense, uh, how it approaches the Raiders' offense. So I would expect... Um, so my answer is really everybody, Heidi. Uh, but I would expect Martavis to be involved in this game as well. I hope so. I'm one of the 12% of people that actually own him. <laughs> and I did not play him and start him in fantasy. However, I do own Martavis Bryant. I think he would be a, that deep threat guy that the Raiders need. Uh, and that's uh, I, I would like to see that as well. 
do you start them actually? I have not yet. No, I, I've you, got oh, Tyree Kill. Okay, you would have been furious after that <laughs> drop uh, touchdown pass in the end zone. I don't know what that, no, that was no. about. I, I think Michael had a good tweet about that. The Raiders been waiting for that deep touchdown connection with uh, Carr and Martavis Bryant. They gave up a third round pick to the Steelers to get them, and then they they release them after a suspension uh, concern, and they bring them back, and they finally get the opportunity for Martavis, Martavis Bryant to get a deep touchdown, and he just drops it. But to his credit, he came back. He had some big uh, catches uh, towards the end of that game. All right. I understand that there is a pick that's gone on here oh, yes. as part of the Vegas Nation contest. very serious, contest. Heidi. Uh, I'd like to, uh, you know, start here anew because I am hosting this. <laughs> and I have not previously hosted the Vegas Nation podcast, which I very much enjoyed today doing. Um, so... I'm not exactly sure what your record was going into this, Michael. I, I was 3-1. and one. Me and Michael were oh, tied. Oh, so you don't want to start uh, no, over. No, I, I, okay. I was right there with Michael. He All was right. a champion a year ago, and I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll start adding me into the mix, but I guess I'll have to keep my record unofficial. Yeah, we won't give you Brian's record. It's, it's pretty bad. Oh. <laughs> so so for mine, I'm going to start with, uh, obviously, here, we, we're going to take, do we give scores or do we just Yeah, pick? scores. All right, all right. So but I'm but gonna, it's your show. You can switch it whatever you want to do no, you want I like some this. betting lines go ahead no i like this i'm gonna go with the chargers and i'm gonna say the final score will be 34 to 21 wow so i am taking over not quite uh, 87 points but i am gonna take over there uh gilbert you know heidi you're you're already different from brian because he always picked the raiders for some reason i don't, I don't know why so at didn't least... he pick the browns i know he was talking <laughs> about baker mayfield last week so i, know, I don't but, know but i think he switched it to the to the raiders at the end but uh, that's, it's going to be tough for the Raiders going into a key uh, AFC West battle. But they got the home crowd behind them, L.A. L.A. is a, a Raiders town. I don't care what the Rams do or where the Chargers do. It's going to be a Raiders town regardless. Uh, so I'm going to say with the big upset, I'm going with the Raiders in a crazy shootout. I, I don't want to go in the 50-point range, but I'll go... Uh, Let's go 42-37 uh, Raiders. Whoa. All right. <laughs> it's, some is... it's some bad defenses going on. I like it. I'm going to start calling you the extreme. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> what do you have? I get kind of crazy sometimes. Sorry. I am going to go with the Chargers in this one. Um, I think it's could, could very well could be an offensive type of game. Um, but I, I, I just the way Phillip Rivers is with Keenan Allen, um, I, I just think there's more game wreckers on that team. I think the secondary is better. Uh, for the Raiders, or for, probably for the Chargers. Uh, Melvin Ingram is the best pass rusher on the field, and Phillip Rivers is, is one of the best quarterbacks. So um, I'm going to go with the home team that won't be a true home team because <laughs> Raiders fans are going to be in the house. All right, there you have it. That'll do it here for the Vegas Nation podcast. Again, after the games and during the week, you can always watch Vegas Nation and also give everyone here a follow. I'm at Heidi Fang. You have at G Monzano 24 for Gilbert and at Gelkin NFL for Michael Gelkin. And during the week to watch and read everything related to all the Raiders coverage, check out ReviewJournal.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>